Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday to you. Are you ready to start a new week in the Word with me? I'm excited. Uh, my name is Tim Harris. It's 10 o'clock. It's time for 10 with Tim. Uh, we just go verse by verse through the Word of God. We do it Monday through Friday. I'm live typically on Facebook at 10 o'clock, also YouTube, but uh, most of you watch me some other time, and that's okay, too. I say I'm live. I'm actually pre-recording this on Saturday, but I just don't usually go through the whole rigmarole of telling you, hey, it's Saturday, but hey, it's Monday. I just say good morning, it's Monday, and that way you know that this is the one that you're on, right? I mean, most of you are following me day by day, and you were finished on Friday, and you want to start on Monday. So happy Monday to you, and let's get started. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 and 22 is where we are. Now, this starts a whole new section and a new theme from what we talked about on Friday. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 and 22. Um, there's something of a dilemma that you can pick up here, uh, not just in Ephesians, but in, in several places in Paul's writings. It's the basic dilemma of, of trying to, in some ways, wrap your head around the way that this plan of salvation that started with the Jews first has now included Gentiles, but not just includes the Gentiles. The amazing thing is, and, and in some ways a heartbreaking thing, is that increasingly in, in Paul's day, the church he knew, increasingly the Jews are rejecting the Messiah, Jesus, and the Gentiles are embracing him. So the church is becoming less and less Jewish and more and more Gentile. And you can even see that in the book of Ephesians. Uh, notice how in the verses 11 to 22 where we are today, it's, it's practically, you know, Paul just speaking directly to Gentiles. Uh, he brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles. So he's almost assuming that his audience at the church is, is primarily Gentile in, in, in composition. Um, we know that the Romans completely demolished uh, Jerusalem, Israel, uh, in the year 70, they, they destroyed the temple, they burned the temple to the ground. And so from that point on, from the year 70, 80 on, there's no more temple Judaism. And so in many, many ways, Israel uh, as a nation was no more. And so uh, trying to understand that this new reality uh, and also trying to understand the gospel that begins with the Jews, but then increasingly uh, the Jews aren't in the church. And, and so you can notice how Paul throughout Ephesians is sort of trying to help help you understand that. Remember in the beginning when we first started there, right at the start, he says, you know, this is the plan that, you know, God had from the very beginning. It's predestined uh, that he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and, and on earth. It, it, it's, it was his plan from the start. You see, that's important because you could look at salvation history the way it unfolded and you can say, well, God's covenant with the Jews didn't work out, so now he's doing something new. You know, plan A didn't work out, so plan B is the whole deal with Jesus, and so now we're on plan B. And no, no, no. This was always God's plan. It's one, one plan. God's original plan with the Jews didn't fail or fizzle. This was the plan to bring everything together in Christ, and out of all the nations of the world, make one people in Christ. And so this is what you pick up in in our passage, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 to 22, 
Uh, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. Again, Paul's explaining the gospel from a Jewish perspective, but to the Gentiles. He just want them to understand the Jews were proud of the circumcision. It, it affected their bodies, not their hearts. And in those days, you Gentiles were living apart from Christ and excluded from the people of Israel. You know, so in that sense, you were not outside the plan of salvation, but you weren't incorporated into it yet. You know, God's plan had to unfold in the fullness of time. And, uh, and, and so there's amazing transformation. Now you've been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Jesus Christ. So notice how, you know, God's, you know, sacrifice through Jesus has brought the Gentiles in. And so now you have the second problem of how do you get Jews and Gentiles in the same church, you know? In, in one body, you know, they've been separated for, you know, from the beginning, and now you're telling me they're one people, one nation, you know, one, one body of Christ. And yeah, that's exactly what we're telling you. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. Hmm. Tell you one thing, y'all, as a pastor, uh, as a human being, it's one of the hardest things ever to, to have is just peace with people, you know, all of us, you know, it's, it's the porcupine's dilemma. You, you know what a porcupine is, right? It's this creature that wants to be loved, I guess, like every other creature wants to be loved, but it's got these spikes, you know? And so the porcupine's dilemma is it's really hard to get close without hurting people. And all of us face the same porcupine's dilemma. It's so hard to get close. It's hard to be in one body with people, with, with, with people that are different from me, you know? Of course, that's my problem. I always think of myself as normal and I measure everybody else by my standard of normal. And that means I never ever can get over myself and learn to love people the way they are. It's a porcupine's dilemma. How do you get close without hurting each other? And I know what you're thinking. Well, I know some porcupines. Yeah, here's the thing. You are somebody else's porcupine, and I am too. You know? You and I are not that easy to love either. And as much as we like to think we are, you and I aren't the normal ones. I guess the only normal human being is Jesus. He's the one we compare ourselves to. And we don't get to measure other people by our standard. And, and so the Jews wanted to look at the Gentiles and measure them by their standard. They're not circumcised. They don't have the law. They, they, they haven't had the privilege of being in God's people for, for the generations, you know. They, they measure the Gentiles by their own standard and, and, and not by the standard of Christ. And, and so here, Christ himself has brought peace to us. He did this by he did this by bringing down the wall of hostility that separated us. That's verse 14. Bringing down the wall of hostility. Wow. Y'all, that's just sin. That that wall of hostility is a consequence of sin. Remember how we were dead, as he said back earlier in chapter two, you and I were dead, which means we were cut off from the only source of love. I mean, human beings have this capacity to love. It's limited because we're made in God's image, but, but, but it's very limited. And for the most part, we continue to be very, very selfish because of sin. We're cut off from, from the, the, our, our potential to love because love comes from God. And if we don't know God, we don't know love. That's what the book of 1 John says. 
So he has brought down the wall of hostility and brought peace uh, to us. And I love this. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. Together is one body. Together is the key word there. Together in verse 16. Together is one body. Together. That's not just me and you. It's not just me and you and all the people that you and I think are more or less like me and you, you know. It's together with everybody on the face of the earth that Jesus died to save. Everybody, together. If I'm in Christ and you're in Christ, then you and I are one, you understand? And that makes us one with everybody else who is in Christ. And, and I need to break the news to you. There are probably a whole lot of people in Christ that you would think are strange. They don't speak your language. They don't eat your food. They, they don't like church the way you like church. And, and there's so many, so many different walls of hostility. You know what I mean? And, and as soon as Christ brings one down, you and I will build a new one. We're like kids. You ever ride on vacation in the backseat with your sister and, and y'all fighting? So, you know, my sister used to do this. My sister would draw an imaginary line with her finger down the middle of the Volkswagen Beetle that we were riding in. She'd draw a line down and say, okay, you stay on that side, I'll stay on this side. It was an imaginary line. There was no line, which is why, you know, part of what brought me pleasure was to just sit there and put you know, one finger across that line, you know, because it's an imaginary line. That's the whole point, right? All the lines that divide us as brothers and sisters in Christ are imaginary. If we have the blood of Jesus that makes us one, what can you even name that should divide us? He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to the Jews who were near. In other words, it's the same plan of salvation. Doesn't matter if you were the Jews who were already you know, in the covenant or the Gentiles outside the covenant. Everybody gets saved the same way because everybody's got the same problem and the problem is sin. We're all united in our sin. And so now we're united in salvation through Jesus. We're all sinners no matter what else you can say, we're all sinners. So there's one plan of salvation for Jews and Gentiles because we all share the same problem. It's sin. Now, all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. You see that amazing freedom of access? You know, access is just that liberty or permission to come near. And we all have this amazing access to God. Now, Jew, Gentile, Baptist, Presbyterian, it don't matter. Pentecostal, you know, no matter what race, tongue, tribe, nation, you know, we have the same access because of Jesus. I love that. You and me together, uh, we have the same access to God. Uh, so it's, I guess it's a perpetual problem, right? How do you bring strangers in one church together and help them recognize that they're brothers and sisters. I don't know. Woodburn, we've been over 150 years and we're still learning how to do it. I, I, I guess it's, it's one of the amazing uh, miracles of the gospel, the way it just takes people who used to be so far away, people who were used to living behind their own walls of hostility and, 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 and watching those walls come down. It takes a tremendous courage. It takes a tremendous power. It takes a tremendous peace to live at peace with others, and uh, Christ is our peace. Uh, that's what Ephesians chapter 2 verses 11 and 22 teaches us. Uh, I, I love it so much. Pick up right here tomorrow, uh, Ephesians chapter 3, whole chapter verses 1 to 21, all of chapter 3 tomorrow. Ephesians chapter 3 verses 1 to 21. Listen, have a good Monday. Uh, I got to go to, I, I got my, my son and daughter-in-law's dog, so I'm going to take, they've been at the beach 
you know, how fair is that? <laughs> so I get to take their dog home today. Uh, so I'll be in Nashville, but I'll probably also eventually be at Myers because we need some food in our house, but uh, it's my day off. Uh, I love you guys so much. I hope it's a good day for you. I hope it's a good week in the Word. Stay with me, stay in the Word, and I'll see you in the morning, Lord willing, 10 o'clock for Tim with Tim. I love you guys. Have a good day.